This is Mr. Impact Wrestling and Joe Moose, and you're listening to the Irish Whip. Hookers? Hookers and Coke? Hookers and Coke, man. You're the only pro wrestler I know that wants to do the shit in the morning. Yeti, you're a f***ing moron. Put it this way, I think Sammy Callahan might as well just change his name to Invader I want to know why. Like, he can dodge any question. Like, I'll tell anyone that. You can tell me the f***, but I, I'm going to ask specific questions. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. WrestlingNewsSource.com all the rest of you yahoos are out there dilly-dilling, you little wankers, we're actually receiving real wrestling news. This is Brett screwed Brett. I'm Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Ball two, arm bar. Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. Let me fucking unshare this. You know we're live. What's up, T-I-W Mafia? JP here with Big Josh. You saw... Nikita I'm just Zoloff. off, dude. We're we're trying to do our shit. We're just trying to we're just trying to get our reads. We're just just trying to do or we're trying to do, and we can't even get into the site. It's just no, whatever we try good. to do, it's always shits against us. So here we are again, having a uh, trying to get shit going and having a good show. You want to see the TIW Mafia go? Just back us up against the wall, and motherfuckers, we'll go. You know what, guys? This week's show is brought to you by. Fanatics. Fanatics has the best in all of the sports apparel out there. If you want an officially licensed uh, team from all of the major leagues, talking NHL, NFL, NBA, uh, it's up there at Fanatics. And you get 25% off your order just by going to podgo.co slash fanatics. That's P-O-D-G-O dot C-O slash fanatics get 25 percent off your whole order they have officially licensed everything i need to i need to get a new roethlisberger jersey is probably um, where i'll start um at that site because at the uh end not even at the end of the first period I, there's a video too that i literally burned that jersey i was i'm done man i'm done with it i'm <laughs> go go to new england please just leave no yeah Go. I'm done. I go to New England. Go have a great time. Um, yeah. Guys, so a handful of people, because it went out live on one site, um, heard the Nikita Koloff uh, interview that we did Tuesday. That's not coming out tonight. That'll come out, I believe, next week. It yeah. was incredible. And I'm extremely biased because I was one of the people on there, but it was. I'd say it was really me and Josh at our best um, as far as the interview goes. And Nikita was incredible. He was an unbelievably, like, just a cool dude. Yeah, he was, it was fun, man. It was really fun to, I didn't, I didn't, ex, I didn't, it was fun. It just it was a natural interview. It was one of those ones where you just, you can, it was, it was, I think I was, there was that, like I keep saying, it was that, uh, <laughs> hey, get that Josh Allen jersey, it'll pay off. Yeah, Wyoming, go Cowboys! Um, man, I'm. It was, uh, yeah, 
anyway, I'm I just I'm I'm speechless again because the Steelers fail. So podgo.co backslash fanatics for me to get a. I don't know, man. I did. I'm over it, man. I'm just. I'm. I'm ready. I want to give up the farm for the next generation of quarterback. I want that, or bring in Jameis Winston to stop the gap for a year. Like dump him. I don't care. Jameis Winston, get him cheap. Let him have have him for a year and see what happens with those Winston's young wide receivers. So I'm saying, like, I didn't. I won my fantasy football league last year because of Winston. I'm just saying, if you if you, I understand. I, I'm, I, I, you know me. I'm true black and gold. Like I never. I didn't. I didn't boast at all when they were eleven and zero. I didn't boast at all like the entire year. Did I, JP? Like I didn't say anything. No, because no, I knew. No. Like I'm, both I'm, of us kept quiet because I knew it wasn't the year for the Patriots. Like I, I talk trash because it's fun. Like I knew this wasn't their year, and I, I said that to you all along. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it just it wasn't the year that it was going to happen. Yeah. Well, you can be the fucking TikTok champion this year, there, Juju. <laughs> Listen, so Juju, like I love Juju. You know he's like a huge video gamer. Yeah, he's a good kid. Like, he's on kid. A, he's on a legit like esports team. I I imagine. I, I'm sure there's a lot of these kids that are uh, melting their brains that way. You ever heard of like Phase Rug? Um, no. Phase Rug is a huge YouTuber. He's got like 10 million followers, 15 million followers. See, that's where we that's where we're so money. good because you're way over there and I'm not. I can't. But he's this kid's got almost 20 million followers. Like that's what he's his next goal is. I'll lay money on a fucking drone race, though. <laughs> he, he started out as a, as a video game, like playing Call of Duty on the team Phase, and that's the team Juju was on. Okay. All right. Uh, the, the most game I get in is um, NHL, man. So anybody ever wants to play NHL on the Xbox, I'll fucking wreck you. I'll fucking wreck you like there's I'll no tomorrow. I'll take you on Blade to Steel any day. Oh, the fuck you will. Nope. Okay, that's happening. That's play the yep. deal. All yeah. Now we just fun. we just decided a little game that we're gonna change a little. Like literally, when I say just decided about two minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, it's so, same thing. Same thing we decided with our Podgo read about literally two minutes, yeah, five minutes told, ago. Now we we said last week that you know the um, the free fake Friday wasn't gonna be every week anymore. And it was just going to be the last week of the month. And I, I felt so, I don't know about you, Josh. I felt empty this week. You know, like I, I felt like something was missing. You know, it's, it, it, um, what's not going to be missing is the interview this week with Masha Slamovich. Did you, it is not. did you, um, have you listened to it? Did you, I have download? Huh? Nope. I'm going to be listening to it tonight. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to be interesting to get your feedback, but if you guys, I'm I'm serious about this. Like she's gonna be at Mission Pro. I don't think you would come back from Japan if you weren't gonna make an appearance someplace else. You know what I mean? Like That's... at least AEW Dark. And she didn't disclose any of this information to us, but I'm hoping after you guys um enjoy this interview, look forward to the Nikita Koloff interview um next the week after this week. But those two interviews and then I'm lining up a third one if I can <laughs> If I can get the Sarge on the right page, man, we're going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I threw something out there too today on uh, on the old twi- Twitter book. But uh, you you were um, we were referred to. Can we talk? About, can we? Yeah, yeah. Can we? Can we mark? I want to mark out about you a little bit, and the <laughs> I will not t- talk about the relationship that you and Greenat have. That um, it's pretty cool. And I think it's, it's, um, 
we're Chikara Marx. We've always been Chikara Marx, and and I think we forever will be. I was it's one of I was thinking about that today. I was like, I think time heals all wounds. I really do. But it was cool to see somebody. Uh, I think it, I didn't even look like I just saw your picture that you sent me of the tweet, but I'm assuming that this has uh, something to do with Travis Huckabee's tweet about if your favorite ant isn't fire ant, then something about the colony. Oh. I can't remember what it was specifically, but I think that's the origination of the tweet. And then Calix, I think it goes by big Calix. Now we know him as Calix, the castigator as part of the Proteus wheel. Um, and he said, or referred to something as the Jai dash ant. And you had actually brought that up to green ant. I like, a year ago, two years ago, whenever the, it was the Hall of Fame with Boston, not Boston, but Joe Bruins um, Hall of Fame when um, you and Joe had um, Green Ant and Thief Ant, which um, every move that Thief Ant has is unique um, at the Hall of Fame there for Joe Bruin. <laughs> it's unique to who? Usually his opponent. He, exactly. Every, he, he steals it is. them all. <laughs> but you, you guys... Um, developed a relationship. Like when we would interview, or there would be talks. We, you guys, I would. There was a time that you we we interviewed, and he had to get off. It was like ten p.m. because I and but you guys stayed on for four or five hours later. It was three o'clock in the morning, and you guys are still talking. Yeah. Oh, that that was like the last time we had him on, and that was because there was a uh, me and him got into a real deep discussion on stuff. Uh, that was kind of pre. Um, no, that was post. Um, the speak up movement. Um, yeah. And Plus was, he was, you know, it, it's really humbling when you do this and you have the ability to interview a mask wrestler or a luchador and they do the interviews, um, kayfabe or in character, like keeping their gimmick, protecting that gimmick, protecting it. Like Nikita said is, you know, you know, they're protecting it. And, you know, to, to unmask and just show us who, like who he is. That's, that's a cool feeling. That's, that was, it was cool to be a part of and it was cool to experience. And, um, just even after you guys did the hall of fame for Joe, um, you know, he kept that when we would do these interviews, kept that alive. But that night, that was pretty cool, man. Elvis, Elvis your band. Can we ban him, please? Elvis stinging you hard. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's really cool that, you know, we got to, because we spent a weekend together. You know, we, we, you know, there was a two days, like, completely in, uh, there was a situation where, uh, quite frankly, like, I wouldn't have been mad at him if he didn't show up and he showed up for that, so. Yeah, I mean, it was um, huge, right? Yeah, it was, I mean, cool. I... it was, but that, um, yeah, so, and he, he went out and said, no, 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 there's already a giant, right, three Irish boys? But I tweeted to Big Calix and said, hey, you know, why don't you come on the Irish Whip and we'll discuss this. Yeah. So. Um, just to acknowledge, uh, we're also out there hanging out on Sportscaster. And, and we do have a chat there, JP, if you ever get out there. And Johnny Sox, Josh Sports, Nick the Shoepock, and Bubble Boy 209 are hanging out in there. So if you ever want to hang out in the Sportscaster awesome. chat, we're in there too. They... Um, also when we stream, you can chat and we throw up, uh, look at that, man. I get the middle finger and the thumbs down. Jeez. Lori's <laughs> harsh tonight, man. I'm getting it from all sides. That's what I'm telling you. Like people either as a Steelers fan, man, people hate me. They hate the me. The DeMores are hardcore Patriots fans, man. That's why they hate the Steelers. Of course. 
Well, why would you guys hate on the Steelers? We have been your stepping stone who, to the fucking Super Bowl every dude, time. Did you see almost. that dude that labeled Brady last week? What do you mean? No, he got he got sacked pretty good last week. No, they did. It, the it was only game. like I think it was, it was only like one guy that got through to him, but he got through to him a couple of times. And at the end of the game, he pulled a um, he pulled a Rottlesberg and he went and asked Brady for the jersey. Oh my god, dude! Okay, can, <laughs> but he I don't know how we're turning this into, into a football podcast. Probably because anyway, but, my no, whole so, contention and why I'm pissed and why I burned my jersey because I understand Marquise Pouncey's when he when he hiked that ball, it was horrible. Like the offensive line is S A W F T, like just soft. But Roethlisberger' lack of commitment to dive on that ball and take two points instead of six is exactly. Is, is exactly who he is as a fucking Pittsburgh Steeler, is a fucking pussy. No. With the the way we got into this discussion, too, was because so was, do we going to go back? I, I missed out on doing, like, the, the heaven the wheel and doing that this week. I actually missed it. Oh, yeah, free, free fig Friday, Friday, yeah, Friday, so, Friday, Friday. Here, here we are again, yeah, yeah. So a free fig Friday, I think what we're going to do, and me and Josh just discussed this real quickly, is... um. It's going to happen every week again, starting next week. It's going to be a, but most weeks it's going to be like a basic figure or it might be an autographed picture or something that me and Josh already have or something to that effect. And then on pay-per-view weeks, so if we had done it this, uh, no, the 31st, the, um, the Friday before the 31st will be a, um, a big figure, the 29th. So we'll do a, we'll do we'll do a basic fig we'll do a basic fig every Friday and then the last Friday of the month we'll do an elite. Yeah, the, or whatever the pay per view week is. I think that's cool because it'll go in yes. hand in hand with the uh, pay per view. Pay per view week. That's right. Not not the last Friday. It's the pay per view week Friday. So the uh, of WWE right or of yes yeah the WWE or do are we talking the main ones like not NXT pay per views? Right. No, not, just not, W. So WWE. isn't it sad that we have to have this conversation right now? <laughs> Just uh, so I'm talking just WWE, like so not the, the impact pay per view for tomorrow. No, I didn't even know there was one. So how you doing, Ross? I wonder if Ross knows this one. Um, I'm actually, sure Ross. Yeah, I Ross is actually. I I might actually get that one if I'm around because um, that's actually hard to kill. Yeah, and yeah, that's it's... a big Eddie Edwards. They're making this into a big Eddie Edwards day. Well, I'm going to continue to rub Ross because he doesn't like me. Yeah, he doesn't I'm like a... either one of us. Well, well, a... We just did. How cool was the deal we did for uh, Mike Farrell with the chaos theory last week? Well, I'm di- I, 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 mean, I kind of felt I, like I, I threw. I, 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 kind of, I kind of feel like I threw that one. I mean, anybody could pick Roman Reigns. Like, I left the door open for Rucker to actually challenge himself. But he went with the obvious answer of Roman Reigns for the best wrestler in the world. Of course. Why wouldn't he? But the dude wears a twat knot, and Will Ospreay is twice the out, pro wrestler that he is. I hope he invites us back because I figured out his scoring system by the end of it, and I think I can win every time now. <laughs> you think you figured out his scoring system? Yeah, so the longer you talk, the more points you get. It doesn't matter what you're saying because Rucker was saying a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. Rucker always t- – by the way, if you ever um, – if you ever um, want some quality information about pro wrestling, just DM at Boot to the Face <laughs> on Twitter. 
<laughs> Fridays. There you go, Bob. You D getting on SmackDown for eleven time. That's incredible. Like Bobby gets Bobby D's gonna Bobby D's gonna have the uh Bobby D's gonna have like the MVP of um uh Thunderdome visits. So I figured out how to make money today too. So how? Um that other Friday night podcast there, eighty proof that's on after us, uh on Twitch. They they pulled the, together with their fans and they got a pool going in there and a few other people. I think Mike's I think Chaos Theory's actually in it. Um and they're doing um pulled together and got some Mega Millions tickets and somebody in their Discord today said, Oh, we, if we win we should just rent a cruise ship and I'll go on a cruise. Well, I told them unless they all give me about a million dollars, I'm gonna streak the cruise. Why? <laughs> because each of them will pay me a million dollars not to streak, trust me. <laughs> I'll do it too. <laughs> there you go, right? That's easy money. I got my tickets though. I'm running solo dolo on it. Well, I I'm I love yeah. that Tommy and uh Tommy and Bobby D competing for titles here. And you both get a title. That's the good thing about there being multiple brands. You can both have a major title, Tommy and Bobby. When will Roman get new music and new attire? Never. Yeah, no. I mean, he's. Never. I mean, he keeps updating his shirts because he keeps coming out with new. His new merchandise is so good. Yeah, there's. You can't. There's nothing you need. I guess that's the point. I, I'm. I'm. Don't mess with a good thing, man. Don't. If you don't need to reinvent any wheels. You got a good thing. How many times well, you can say um, you can't see me so many ways? There's a, a million ways you can say that now. You know, there's so it's marketing. It's I don't think you would want to change anything. Did you see I'd want to change. I'd want to change Jey Uso. I'd want him to stop like crossing his arms and grabbing his dick while he's out there on SmackDown. It's awkward. <laughs> like, Did you see the Rock's new TV show? What? Um. Let me see. Hang on, I'm trying. I to know, but I watched Stone Cold's after Raw. Oh, it's so good. I love it. It's called Young Rock, and it's about like it, it looks like it's like an Everybody Hates Chris, uh, the Chris Rock show there. Take on the Rock, where it's him as a kid, uh, but I think he's like, um, I believe he's like narrating it. Hmm. And it's live. Do you think they're fair? No. And it's doesn't a, a look what the, the what the fuck does what doesn't the Rock do? What doesn't Ooh. the Rock do? Wrestle. <laughs> hey, you know, dude, we were talking about this with Nikita. Like, think think about how lucky we have been to witness, like, when people talk about we can't go back to Luthes and shit like that, but. I mean, the 80s between Piper and even Cole, like Nikita, and I just, I want to do this. Can we share this real quick? Yeah, yeah. Can we just play it? We got like 30 seconds, right? So I'm going to, 
I'll make sure that I, I'm, I'll make sure I monitor that so we don't get banned, right? But I just, this is what I'm talking about when I say I, as a kid, I had a hard time understanding Thank Nikita you. Koloff. You're today on World Championship Wrestling, but let's bring in the Russians. Ivan and Nikita Koloff. It's part of the Great American Bash 86, best of seven for the U.S. heavyweight title. Mega Yeah, and also for the world six man tag team title with the Mega again, come out and attack. He attacked on the line with the belt. Sean Norris back. Oh, Magnafier. It's no point to take seven, man. You look at Nakita. Again, Viva, please. That's it, man. You know what we know that they don't know? What? If that was Russian, made up, or what? I didn't realize that he protected that character... For three years after he got out of the business. I was explaining that to my parents today. And I also didn't know that he chose to stay with Jim Crockett and and was loyal to Crockett Promotions instead of going to the the WWF at that time. It was pretty cool. It's incredible. You know, you don't have that type of uh, that type of loyalty anywhere um and it's just so like he opened up to us like in you know you know if you've heard our interviews we don't go for like the quote-unquote shoot interview we just want an honest conversation and uh there was no shoot there was um it was all very positive like super positive um we talked about his wrestling career we talked about his how to hang out with him you want to hang out with him you can (laughs) you popped because uh when i when i messaged him on twitter afterwards and he he was like here's my cell number you were like nikita koloff just gave you his fucking cell number (laughs) (laughs) i know and it's it's humbling to be able the eight-year-old kid in me like i keep saying continues to just geek out every time I, i go back to it like it's I don't know if you saw my post on Facebook, man, but it, I think it's my it's the, my favorite. I got all everyone that we've done together, and we've done some good ones that yeah. people will go back on and go. I mean, from Flip signing his um, ROH, yep. telling us having us on there. Um, yeah, by to, the way, we'll put this out for a few weeks, guys. Yeah, by the way, hey, I just signed ROH three years. Don't don't put it out for a few weeks. Uh, you know, Pillman Junior. Uh, and and those guys, man, it's just been a fun ride. And even before this, the people that we inter- in between Drew Gulak, um, oh man, yeah, Natty Nightheart, Nikita guys, Koloff was. You guys, what Lance Archer? Yeah, Lance Archer. I mean, th- you know, those are those are some fun. Before we, before we get into this and talking about the people that we've done and the, we've interviewed and whatnot. So I went to my barber shop and got my hair cut yesterday. Look at this. Look at this. Look at that. Right? That looks you good. Know? It'll look good, you know? Yeah. And and Josh, one of the other barbers at the barber shop that pays attention to us on Twitter, and uh, he had listened in, and he's like, dude, I listened to the show live, and it was like you ignored my comments, and it was, I was like, I didn't ignore your comments. I don't remember seeing them, but it was uh, the Christmas show we were, like, reminiscing on, like, Anthony and everyone else. Yeah. And you broke down 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah. The other guy started crying. And I was like, well, that's why I wasn't paying attention because I was paying attention to him and making sure he was good. Yeah, yeah. And he just started laughing. Yeah. yeah. I think it was a culmination, and this is no shit of this entire year and realizing that it's fucking, it was a, 2020 was a rough year for everybody involved. And I don't care where you're at. Just thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, and fucking just appreciate who you are and what you are. And, and JP and I always talk about, we're on opposite sides of the, um, political spectrum, but you know, I'm, I'm not here to fuck up his world and he's not here to fuck up mine. So if, if that's what you're looking to do, you're in the wrong crowd. No, I debate with people all the time and never take it personal. You, you can't. I hope to learn out of it, honestly. I hope to learn out of it. You can. And uh, I think, Laurie, I think Bobby already gave you a title. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, That's we're down to base. The ladies need a title. Figure that. So, are we. This week is. Um, this, along with. Uh, Masha. Masha Slamovich. Which you guys uh, will hear. Not you guys live, but people listening not live will hear right after this. Right after us tonight, you'll hear that. It'll be and fun. That was, that was Josh and Laurie Prescott at like four in the morning. <laughs> Dude, that was, it was fun. Uh, I had I had a blast. Um, it, was a, it was a really cool interview. Um, she's a really good person. Um, and she's going to be back here in the States and doing some cool ass shit for um, herself. And she's a hard worker. She's an educated individual. She's got a degree. Um, and we talk about how important going to school is, how important psychology is, how important is drive and dedication, discipline, self-discipline, adventure. Like we talk about personality traits and how her 2% two per, two personality trait um, and her mental health, like she questioned a lot of who she was, what she was. And that's what, um, that's, that's why she gravitated to um, a lot of things that she's, she gravitated towards in life and why she's doing what she's doing now for, for a living is because it gives her an outlet for that personality trait or those personality traits that people look in society as um, non-conforming. She doesn't have to in this world for her non-conforming. She makes more money for that. So we go in depth into that and, um, a lot of stuff um, is 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 intellectual and in-depth. Her age, she's an old soul, and, and we talk about that, and, and she acknowledged that. So it was, it's a cool interview, man. It's fun. And she's been around, like, she's been really making the rounds, and I know she's in Japan now, um, but just trying to get her name out there and hustling, and you can see it, so... I, I really hope that she makes it be. I, I think she will. I don't, you know, sometimes the system in pro wrestling is so damn random. Yes. But I think AEW sort of took that out. Because I, I, AEW was taking the hard work is out of the independent wrestling scene. And look, I'm not saying that she's going to be on AEW Dark. I'm not saying she signed anything. I'm not saying she, she couldn't show up at the Performance Center after she's done there at Mission Pro, but... I really see that Mission Pro being a feeder program to AEW Dark through Thunder Rosa or NWA when it kicks back up again. So yeah. 
she's going to do some stuff here in the States and she couldn't talk about it. And she didn't even tell me after we were done recording, you know, what her plans were. She, she's that's, and we respect that. That's protecting that. It's, it's protecting the characters, protecting the gimmick is protecting her to, you know, she, she needs to, to keep that. But me, I'm, that's me speculating because that's what I get paid. That's what we do is we get on a podcast and we speculate and we look for, I'm looking forward to be on there and I would, I would love to see her do some, some work uh, with Chris Atlander when she gets back. Um, and it was the start of our Russian collusion tour. Yeah, absolutely. The Russian collusion tour. This is all, man. How what funny a, is it that we do all this and now we're having trouble with our email? I, yeah. So the email, um, Podgo, I think we're under attack. I think we are personally under attack. The Irish whip has been, the email got taken over and I think somebody was fucking sending out some shitty emails with our email. That's, yeah, I, that's, I didn't what happened? What was happening. So crazy. But, Sorry if it happened to you. Like the, you know, the, you know, the best way to get us to answer is to back us up against the wall and we're going to fucking, we've never been backed up against the wall. We didn't get out of either one of us. So yeah, absolutely. Um, it's all good. Pod goes pot, whatever. Uh, once they're back up, I have an ad. We have an ad on this to submit, so we're good. Uh, we appreciate them, and we appreciate all our other sponsors, and we appreciate you guys for ter- coming on uh, on Fridays. And we're going to try and always keep it to a half an hour because we hope to entertain um, yes. everybody uh, through the interviews. And when we do these yeah. interviews, we, we really want you guys. It, they're That's they're good. Thing is, this is going to be a 90-minute a episode now when it goes up. Yep. Um, and that so, takes a lot of time off of um, when we submit to like uh, full press coverage, full press radio. They play us as a radio as a radio show on Saturdays, uh, so that'll be like a scheduled time. And now instead of an hour, it's going to be ninety minutes. Like it takes it takes up time there, and it you know, yep, um, and stuff like that that we just have to t- take into consideration. Where before we could go all night if we wanted to, and it didn't affect anybody. Yeah, it sounds that like we couldn't, and we we love our independence, but we also want to respect other people's time. So yeah, and and keep the free fig going, and also the interviews that yeah. have made us what we are, and they are gold. Yeah. And I think they people are going to appreciate both sides of what we do. And um, the grassroots fun is it, fun. It's a fun giving away figs, and it's it's interesting to see who will actually come on the show and who won't. <laughs> I think I have an idea of what to give away for next week too. What? I think it might be an autograph. I have a basic we could give away. Tommy, your t-shirt's going to be on the way too. Just just know that. But there's like there's, I don't know if you guys are having issues, but there's shipping issues and stuff up here in Montana. Things are weird. Like I'm, I've got a package, a couple of them that have been returned, and I'm just kind of waiting this out here for the next couple of weeks before I do anything because I don't want to not owe people things, but this is what I got maybe for next week. I don't know if you've seen these yet, JP. Have you seen oh, the shorty G? <laughs> yeah, that. I've seen that one a few times. That's the blue John Cena, right? Yeah, the blue John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> Inside jokes. Yeah. Uh and and if we're and we're out and about and I see some cool things, we'll we'll give them away. But I just uh we want to keep them to a ninety minute episode and I appreciate everybody tuning in, man. Yeah, thank you guys. Have a great week. Today's episode is brought to you by the NBA. Enjoy this time of a interview. You guys are going to love it. A new NBA season, guys. Suit up with the latest gear to show your support for your team. No, we can't go to the arena. We're being sidelined there this year, guys. But that doesn't mean that you can't show your support and watch your basketball team from your coach in style. 
We're teaming up with the NBA and Podio to bring our listeners up to 75% off on select items. You heard that guy? Right, guys. You go to podgo.co slash NBA. That's podgo.co slash NBA for up to 75% off select items from the NBA store. The NBA, where amazing things happen. What's up, TIW Mafia? It's a Yeti. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to be sitting here with one of uh, the most impressive and athletic, dedicated, and uh, coolest Russians I probably know in Japan right now, uh, Masha Slamovich. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing awesome. Um, first and foremost, everybody knows where to find us. It's at three Irish boys with a Z. You just search it, search for the Irish whip. We're on page one. Just that's all you need to do. So let's talk about your socials and how people can find Masha on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you hang out the most and interact with your fans the most. So y'all can find me uh, most of the time. I'm shit posting on Instagram, which is Instagram, the, the little at symbol Masha Slamovich. And then I am on Twitter also, same way, at Masha Slamovich. And for all of the good stuff, y'all can come find me on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Masha Slamovich. Right, and patreon.com would be comparable to, like, uh, that's where where fans can go, get their personalized autographs, um, any kind of memorabilia that they would want from you, correct? Absolutely. Uh, I don't think many people like pay attention to that part, but I think, oh yeah, on the $15 tier, I actually have Marvelous merchandise available while I'm still at Marvelous because I know it's really hard to get um, from the website, you know, because uh, sometimes you can't use uh, international cards on Japanese right. sites. Yes. So if y'all want to like join my Patreon and order through me, I'll make sure you get all the limited edition merch. You know, Guy in Japan is coming back around. We're doing the kickoff tomorrow, and that merchandise is going to be available soon. So if you want that, join my Patreon. So for people that listen to us on a regular basis, just download us um, and don't pay attention. Right now, it is 638 in Montana, and it is 1038 in Tokyo, Japan, correct? Is that where you're at? Yes, that's correct. Uh, so this is another first for us. You beat Wheeler Yuta's record um, by an hour. Uh, earliest interview yet for the Irish whip in our entire existence, which is amazing for me. Um, JP's missing out on it. Uh, but I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, you are, uh, like I, I tweeted out, um, you are our first ever female cornerstone athlete of the year, which means that if we feel uh, out of the um, individuals that are out there, if somebody's going to build a cornerstone, and this is a perfect example, in 2018, we said MJF is the man. If you're going to look to build a company, this is the guy you want to build it around. AEW happens. Who do they swoop up? MJF. August Gray was 2019. This year in 2020, it's Masha Slamovich. I just want to say congratulations and thank you for so much dedication, um, your drive to be a girl, uh, to reach out, set up a uh, interview with a trainer, have a lengthy conversation, and decide to dedicate to this craft because people don't realize in, um, in the next coming years how much fun they're going to have watching you. I 
appreciate so much that you've made me uh, the first cornerstone athlete, female athlete of the year. Yep. Oh, sorry. Yep. No, you're so, fine. We popped, um, we popped it on you. You didn't know. Like, it's just it's something that, that we wanted to do. It's we In the past, we've just tweeted it out, and we've had some fun back and forth. But we wanted to make sure that, that we got you on here because it's vitally important to us that people reach out and see, well, who is Masha Slamovich with 1M? Right. The amount of ways I've had my name misspelled is astronomically astonishing. Yeah. It's not Masha Slamiversary, it's Masha Slamovich with one M. That's exactly right. <laughs> and so, again, I really appreciate you guys uh, you know, putting that title on me. And like you said, my dedication and my love for this business, you know, I don't like to put myself over, but I'll be bold enough and say I am the person who truly loves wrestling so much. Like this is my entire life. And I just want to share that my love and my passion with the world and all the fans. Right. And we stole some stuff from Lauren at Bell to Bells because she did do an interview with you. And it was, I, I love reading interviews like that because one, it gives us content. And also it lets me, it, it helps me connect with, you know, she tells a story of you being that young girl coming across the wrestling in, in in 2000s, which, like, this is John Cena Thugonomics type stuff, right? Into the Rock, um, <laughs> Triple H, like, Stone Cold. Like, all of this wrestling is the 2000s, which you stumbled across and fell in love with the storylines, right? Absolutely. You know, I just remember one day being, like, young as hell, like, three or four or something. like. But it, it just captivated me for, I don't know what it was, but I just saw it and it like it called to me it was like the 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 wavelengths had a connection and I just knew that this was my life calling and I like never had to question it ever again what I would do in my life did you do you feel like I I felt like that I grew up watching I grew up watching um black and white wrestling tv on my great grandpa's lap for a while and I, I fell in love with it because of the uh, I think it was the fact that there was it was focused on two individuals, and back then, black and white. It's, I'm only 45, but they had a black and white TV for some reason, right? I was fascinated by the fact that there was just two individuals in the ring that they weren't really doing anything, but the crowd was going insane for these two people, and I was I was just enthralled with the fact that they could tell a story, and that the crowd was. I was more involved with the crowd and how those two individuals could. Um, get a reaction from them. That's where I fell in love with it. And that's why I've, I think that's why I continue to fall in love with talent. Like Masha is that you have an instant ability. Once you exit that curtain um, to have all eyes on you. Uh, And that's really what that TIW cornerstone athlete of the year means is that when you walk through that curtain, when you go through the gorilla position, when you know what's going to happen, you've worked out that ballet in the match with somebody you may have just met 10 minutes ago. Um, we know that we're going to get a solid match and that's because of hard work, dedication, trainers, research, travel, being in fucking Japan, doing an interview at 1042 at night with some dude in Montana to make sure that people know who you are. So that's really what it takes in. We appreciate you in doing that because we get to reap those benefits of your sacrifices, your blood, your sweat, your, your tears, honestly, your tears, your hunger sometimes, um, to, to make that sacrifice. So we appreciate it. And it's, it's something that it's just a name. It's just a title, but to us, it's something that we, uh, we attach to that person because we will support them for 
the rest of their lives because we appreciate the sacrifice that is taken for you to get there. And we appreciate it. And I, I appreciate that you appreciate it. I also, uh, like you just said the it's wrestling is like ballet and I'm very happy you said that because I don't hear many people say that. And that's something that one of my trainers used to say to me a lot because Johnny Rods, where I started training in WW, uh, our original and no, our current, we were always inside of a boxing gym. That was a Gleason's gym. Right. And, you know, we, we would always be the wrestlers in the boxing. Then they're just like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> but uh, my coach used to always say, you know, wrestling is like ballet because it's, you know, it's a fight, but it's dance. And it's just like, it's an art that you put together and no one ever speaks of it like that. So to hear you say that, that actually made me very happy that no, it's a, that way as well. It's, it's a huge amount of respect. And I'll, I always credit in August Gray was a, a big part of me being able to take that elevator speech and break it down, like he said, to what is pro wrestling to you? And, and really, it, and he said it. I mean, sometimes you may have never met this person in your life, but there is a there's a language that's spoken um, in the ring uh, for those that have never worked together. And the professionals of professionals can work through that and make it seamless. And that's what we appreciate about your dedication and your honing. People that go to Japan you don't go to Japan because you fucking want to. I mean, yeah, you do. You do. You want to experience it, but you, you want to go there because anybody that's anybody has usually spent some time over there. Right. A hundred percent to be here, to be wrestling here is such a great honor. It always has been. I've always wanted to come here and to be able to do so on multiple occasions is one of the greatest honors of my life. So you, we talked a little bit before we went on You're, you're I'm an introvert. You're kind of an introvert too. Um, Japan can can prove to be um, intimidating, but what are some of the cool things that you're enjoying or have enjoyed um, since you've been back over there this time that you may not have enjoyed the first time because of that? Definitely, I've you know I've just been going a lot more places because the first time, you know, even this time I'm very much so work dedicated, so I was always busy. You know, let's train, let's work out, but this tour especially I've taken more time to force myself to be like, no, today you're going to go out and you're going to see something because you're in a different country. So there's been times where, you know, I would leave the dojo at like seven in the morning and I would take a train for two hours to Zushi beach. And I would just be out in Kanagawa all day on the beach. And then I'd go to like a random, it's not like a bar, but it's, it's like a, it's like a shack that's like yeah. very strangely oh, yeah. cultural. They also have a bar upstairs and then I'd go to like a ramen shop and then we'd walk around to shrines and stuff like that, you know, just discovering and just getting on a bike and going to random parks in Chiba, going out to Tokyo and seeing the landmarks like the Meiji Jingu shrine has been so much fun for me. Do, do you feel like being over there helps you um, connect uh in, in the facial expressions, in what you're trying to get across, because sometimes there may be a language barrier. Is that something that you f- you focus on or, or notice when you're over there um, as far as communicating? Or have you mastered the language enough that you can get around to do what you need to do? Are you still one of those gaijons that are hanging out over there and don't know what's going on? You're just there to wrestle and, and abuse the country. 
Um, when it comes to the language, I, I, my Japanese is embarrassingly bad. Mine's it horrible. Is, I don't even remember. I'm like, oh my god, god though. For living here for a year, I'm like, somebody's gonna slap me when I come back and know like five Japanese. <laughs> like that's what babbles for on the way back. You can study it on the way back. You got 20 hours, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, like 16 hours. So I'm gonna be on my book. Like, damn it, I gotta remember this. <laughs> but yeah, like I don't know, getting around the like the city or like wherever I need to go has never really been challenging for me. Uh, probably because I spent a lot of time in New York City, like growing up, and when I would go from Moscow to New York, you know, New York is a, kind of a heck, probably the most hectic city in the world. So yeah, just that, getting that around population, Canada, that population slammed into one spot is insanity for the amount of people that need to get around. So transportation is different. It's hot garbage. I'll tell you that much, but <laughs> like, you know, I literally just going out here, uh, the navigation skills that I gathered in New York, have just gotten me like I just figured out I can leave and I'll just like I'll get lost I'll figure it out but I don't know it's like never been a challenge for me even though I can't read the signs I just I'm like well, here's like north and south and we're just gonna go that way <laughs> for, for me being a parent and, and reading your story I read it from a parent's perspective right it's like I've got this little girl that is excited about pro wrestling she's a certain age and she wants to do this or that. Like who's been that person that you've gone to? Did you, did you ask permission or did you just say, I'm going to do this? Well, I, I nagged my parents so much that they, they were just like, we're, we know we're not going to, you're not going to stop. So we're just going to shut you up and let you do this. They thought that I was completely insane, probably up until right now when they see that like, I'm actually going somewhere with my career because they've always been like, well, how do you know you're going to be the one on a million? Like, you never know that this is going to be your job. Why don't you like go become a lawyer or something? But I had to have my mother come down with me to talk to Johnny Rods when I first started because I was 16 and I wasn't an adult. So he wouldn't have that conversation with me. Yep. So after about five hours talking to him, my mother was probably just so tired of everything between me being like please can I wrestle and him being like this is wrestling that she was like shut up and take my daughter <laughs> and you spent like like you've said you, you spent almost every day in there at, at certain points sometimes five six seven hours a day taking the bumps and, and doing the work when you talk about your parent like parents saying is this one in a million can you be that person um do you feel a little bit of validation now that all that sacrifice, all those bumps, is it starting to pay off a little bit? Are you seeing that you're, you're gaining a little traction, everything that you've done up until this point, you're gaining a little traction. And do you feel like that excitement's bleeding over the parents? Do they, do they kind of feel it and understand it now? Do they, do they believe it? Like we believe it. Most certainly I have to say, and that's something that brings me great joy and great pride to say is that they're finally starting to believe it, you know, from, from like the first day I started wrestling, my mother being like, you have to be home by 9 PM. And I'm like, but that only gives me like two hours of training with transportation. <laughs> and then like a month later, me coming home at like midnight or 2 AM. Cause I'm like, yeah, afterwards I'm going to go out and like do some work and hang out with people and pr pretty much be like, tell me more about the business I need to learn, not right. just in the ring. 
but I need to learn from your stories and I need to learn verbally, you know, from those days when I was still in high school to now where I wrestle professionally on a full-time schedule in Japan, you know, and I'm making my living doing this. The most amazing thing, not uh, just aside from what I've just said was I sent my mother a couple of clips of me wrestling the other day and before they my parents would just be like god that's crazy like you're crazy ah this is whatever but she wrote back to me and she said your work is finally starting to look the most professional i've ever seen and that was uh, like uh, the most touching thing she's ever said to me and that made me so happy i've um experienced and lived around um a lot of individuals that have either been from the former soviet union um russians or parents of but the expectations and being um, from that culture, sometimes that expectation and, and what they put on a kid is, is huge. And when people listen to like, you know, you were 16, 17 year old and you were coming home at t- midnight and two to a lot of Americans, like people that are just entrenched in this would be like, there's no way I could have control of my kids. She can't be doing that. She can't be home that late. It, it speaks a lot to your parents' trusting ability, and I think that culture's ability to trust their youth a lot of times to always do the right thing. And um, I know for a fact, and maybe I'm lying, but when you get that compliment from your parents w- with that type of culture, that's so validating. Is it or is it not? It's beyond validating. You know, uh, like you said, uh, they put in Russian families, they put such a weight on you. Like the, like the earliest memory I have of my father is him telling me I have to be successful and I have to be more successful than he was. You know, I come from a family of, you know, my mother worked in the the hospital. I forget exactly what she did, but she worked in the hospital. Both of my parents are journalists. My grandmother was a radiologist. I have family who worked in the army and the cavalry and banks like my entire lineage is successful. We have medals hung up in my family. I've had people win the purple heart. There's just medals and medals in my family that people have won. So the expectation of you are part of this family, you have to be up here was pretty much on me my entire life. And, you know, me not becoming a doctor or a surgeon is likely slightly disappointing to my family. (laughs) I did, to please my mother, I did manage to, while I was wrestling, graduate college with a degree in social science, uh, specifically in criminal justice. So I feel like I just gave her that. And now that they're seeing... Now that they're are you, seeing are you saying that you, you... Did you appease your mother so you could continue to chase your dream of professional wrestling with an education? Essentially, I was just like, oh, you're going to keep nagging me? I was like, here, just hold this degree... I'm going to do nothing with it and I'm going to continue to pretty much try to get my name known worldwide. And I think I'm finally starting to get there and she's starting to notice that. And so is my father. And that's the greatest thing for me. Yeah. Well, well, mom and dad, I will tell you this is that people like me that have been um, in this niche um, type of industry for a very, very long time. Today's episode is brought to you by the NBA store. A new year brings the start of a new NBA season, guys. Suit up with the latest gear to show your support for your team. No, we can't go to the arena. We're being sidelined there this year, guys. But that doesn't mean that you can't show your support and watch your basketball team from your couch. 
in style. We're teaming up with the NBA and Podio to bring our listeners up to 75% off on select items. You heard that guy right, guys. You go to podgo.co slash NBA. That's podgo.co slash NBA for up to 75% off select items from the NBA store. The NBA, where amazing things happen. Is your daughter is doing it exactly right. She's doing it exactly the way that every independent professional wrestler should is she's building her own private dynasty and it's fucking cool cute <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's honestly all i've ever wanted to do you know when people ask me like what's your goal in wrestling my goal is i want to be remembered amongst the greatest of all time i want to be one of the best i want to be known worldwide and i want to make history that's what it is to me and my tongue ring just fell out. So. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my wife has has hers, and uh, she had the piercing that was it, not the up and down. I don't know what they call it when it goes from side to side. Oh, the snake, the snake eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it was. I don't know if it was the piercing or or if it was um whatever, but it, it would happen, and it was. It, it's one of those things that in culture anymore is it's natural for me i'm nobody i don't you don't skip a step it just happens (laughs) yeah dude like it happens all the time i'll just be doing something i'm like sorry my tongue ring came out and they're just like the hell look at this crazy gaijin with all her 15 piercings i'm like (laughs) what um little you uh we're talking you know 9 10 11 um and as well as you now what have you learned or, or what advice would you give that little girl um, because of where you're at now? The pitfalls, the sacrifices, um, the places you've probably had to stay, um, you know, sometimes the matches you've had to work. Um, what would you tell that, that little girl sitting from the seat you're at now? I wouldn't trade a thing. I wouldn't trade a moment. I would Keep- just, I would do everything I did the exact same way I had to do it. Um, I'd probably not have done long jump in high school because that screwed up my back. So I'd tell her, stay the fuck out of that sand pit. (laughs) But when it comes to wrestling, all of the most fucked up shit that I've had to go through is the greatest stories that I'll have to tell and the greatest stories that I'll write in my book one day. So all the weird places that I've had to stay, all the weird road trips, the 16-hour drives, the wrestling random people in random towns in front of 20 people. At the end of the day, you learn something from every match. Either you learn how to be the greatest and how to keep up with the best, or you learn how to carry the shit. And you need to know how to do both in your career because absolutely everything is a lesson, and the day you stop learning is the day you stop progressing. Absolutely. I, I 100% appreciate and respect that answer. That's awesome. Um, I, the degree in social sciences, I want to, I want to switch gears a little bit because it's something that I think puts us, we're, we're really a mental health podcast disguised as a pro wrestling podcast and people don't realize that. And it's the coolest thing for us because we take mental health so important. We feel like pro wrestling is, is an escape for a lot of individuals that suffer from um, you know, even PTSD, little things like that. I work in social services and I work for, with little kids um, in a lot of areas. And to me, going through the traumas that I've had to go through, uh, a failed uh, suicide attempt, 
um, things like that. People don't understand um, the lengths that this COVID era, uh, the isolation we've talked before. I'm okay with it because I'm a huge introvert. Like put me in a closet for a week. I'll be all right. Just make sure I got food, water, someplace to go to the bathroom and something to entertain myself, a book or something. I'm going to be good. But other people, they're going to go nuts. Like they're just, it's going to, it's going to happen. So I, the social science is um, a huge thank you for that. I think it, it bleeds into everything that you are as a person, um, the dedication, the drive, and also uh, the willingness just to be a good fucking human being to people. So it, it's, it's it, when we do these interviews and JP and I got away from this for a while because the me too movement kind of put us off. It, it really did. It's it, we had a couple people that came on that we were embarrassed that they were on the show. Um, and, and we stepped away from this and we really evaluated the type of people that we wanted to interview, the type of people that we wanted to have on the show. We just don't want to have somebody on the show because they have a hundred thousand followers and they're famous. Like we want to surround ourselves by with good people that are there for not only our entertainment, but if we end up um, crossing paths, we're going to connect and we're going to see each other. And there's not a word that needs to be said other than mutual respect. And Hey, it's finally glad to see you. And we appreciate that in you. And I think that's something that gets lost in a lot of pro wrestling is it's an ugly, nasty business that can be gross in a lot of ways, but it's also such a, a beautiful poetic way to celebrate people like you. And I really want to make sure that we emphasize that. Yeah, we're, we're mocking and making fun of your education, but it's a huge accomplishment. And it's a huge dedication. Criminal justice is not easy. And it's something that needs to be reformed specifically in the States. Everything that's happened over here in the last week is insanity. JP and I never talk politics and we did last night and we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. So I really appreciate um, your work towards um, mental health, you being open and honest about it, um, how it's affected you and, and what it, what, how that drives you. Um, how do you, how do you deal with those mental issues, the mental health being, isolated and we talked about it doesn't bother you but i mean those thoughts those like i'm alone i'm here do those things i mean it creeps in we've talked to people is that still part of your life is mental health something that you still battle with it's something that i have to maintain on a daily basis it's um is it harder for you is it easier for you um and if you don't feel comfortable with it we don't have to talk about it but i, I wanted to make sure it's something we hit on because um it's a huge part of the pro wrestling family you know, I'm glad that you brought this up because, you know, like you said, uh, with my social sciences degree, uh, I definitely spent a lot of time studying psychology and sociology. And not only did I do it for a degree, it's just something that has always been a part of my life. Um, there's like this website called 16 Personalities, which is uh, a psychological test that we also had to do in my psychology class, I am an INTJ personality. Which, INJF. I'm, huh? an INJF. I'm an INJF. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> my, I always felt that I was like different from people and I could never pinpoint why until I took that test. And then I read about the INTJ personality, which I found out was very rare. It's only 8% of people. And out of the entire world, it's only 2% who are women. So that's wow. why I've always felt that I couldn't really connect with other people or other women specifically. 
I'm always on the outside looking in when I'm in a social setting. I, I feel myself watching and I read the room and I, I physically read people's social interactions and how they interact with each other. And I read people and the interactions and the connections with people. So sometimes I feel a little bit crazy, (laughs) especially, you know, like being in Japan and it's a lot more difficult to read the room and read a culture when you have no idea what people are saying even directly in front of your face. So you have to go off of facial mannerisms and stuff like that. Um, Going back to what you said about, you know, the battle with mental health, like you said, wrestling to some people is an absolute like savior. It's a saving grace. And it always has been that for me. And it is to this day, you know, there was a time that I was, out of wrestling I couldn't wrestle because I was like rehabilitating injuries and stuff like that and it was literally the most miserable time of my life because when I wasn't wrestling I remember waking up in my bed and looking out of my window and the first thought that crossed my mind would be I want to die because I woke up every morning with no purpose in my life you know there was nothing if I'm not training if I'm not studying if I'm not doing something what the hell am I doing And being able to come back into this business and keep working and keep traveling, sometimes even here, you know, I would get frustrated or whatever the case may be. But just going into the ring and being able to practice on my free time, being able to watch wrestling and have new ideas and try them out and just be in the dojo is like the biggest saving grace to me because the ring is my holy grail to be in. Yeah, I, I I feel that. And a lot of times we see that like that. I think that comes across in a lot of people's matches. I think those I think a lot of times people don't understand um, the mental sacrifice that it takes. And, and when you talked about being in that room and looking out the window and the first thought you think is like you want to die, you don't want to be here for people that haven't suffered from any from those thoughts the only thing that I can say to you is the the reason that I feel like that manifests is because that emotional pain has an inability to manifest itself as physical pain. So the only way I could um, justify um, my, my, the amount of emotional pain that was inside of me was to try and end my life. Like it got to that point to where I could n- not, that emotional pain exceeded any physical pain I had ever had in my life. I would much rather you had like pulled my toenails out, like skinned me, flayed me, whatever you needed to do. Like I was at that point, I'm like, whatever you need to do to get this out, like you get it out because I can't handle it anymore. Like that emotional pain exceeded any physical pain I would have ever wanted to experience. And I think that's the only way I can convey the amount of, um, depression, anxiety, just all the, the nastiness in the world inside to make me want to go away. And people are like, what do, you, what do you mean? I'm like, just imagine the nastiest possible way. Like, however you feel, you could, you, whatever you feel, fear as far as dying, whether it's drowning or burning or being hung or, or whatever, I was willing to choose that over having to deal with any more emotional pain for that day. D- does that, I mean, does that make sense when I say that? And can you relate? That totally makes sense. And, you know, I I can say I can relate because just remembering those mornings waking up and 
feeling empty and just life being in my mind black and white because there was nothing there was no future there was no nothing it just was bland and then you know I would have rather broken my back I would have rather broken my leg broken I don't know like (laughs) been knocked out again I would have chosen anything over that and just having wrestling in my life coming back to wrestling was like pouring paint into my life like it was a coloring book like everything became color and everything had meaning and it was like it continues to this day to be the best thing in my life I live to wrestle like this is the greatest happiness and there are people who can attest to that because there's been people who met me like wrestlers who met me you know like hanging out or something and then they finally get to do a show with me and they see me before a match and then they see me after a match and they're like, you're a completely different person. They're like, you're so serious and quiet and focused and being like, go away, leave me alone to like, after you have a good match, you're just fucking bouncing off the walls. You're smiling. You're like, yeah, let's go celebrate. You're like, let's like, like singing and shit. It's literally, I never understood what people meant when they said that wrestling is the greatest high you can ever get up until recently up until probably this year in japan when it like i've always enjoyed wrestling but i purely every time i come out of a match i feel like i'm on the biggest high like i've i don't know what the hell i took it was wrestling that just gets me you know past whatever level and then i just kind of like ride that out until my next show and i need my next fix do, do you feel like um professionally and personally you're in that zone, even though we're in a COVID-19 area era, I'm sorry. Um, do, do you feel like you're in that zone? Like you're, 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 you know, you know, the balance, you know, what you need to do, you, you know, how you need to do it. You just need the ability to do it with these restrictions and stuff lifted. Like you, you're the, you're, you're, you're not really stuck in Japan. You, did you, you've kind of chosen to stay there to continue to hone your craft and be probably for me in one of the best places in the world to do that. Right. Yes, that's correct. Marvelous uh, wrote to me while I was here and they offered me to stay uh, for what we thought was going to be upcoming shows and to continue my training. But then the lockdown happened but regardless, you know, we kept training and we were doing uh, live stream shows and then we came back to doing regular shows. So I would like I could have left at any point, but they kept offering me to stay and that would have been absolutely stupid to not say yes. Do you do you feel like you continue Have you eaten chonko over there yet? Does the dojo have chonko? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh this is a is it just it's still cabbage based correct cabbage based that you have there for uh just whatever it's it's in the dojo it's in the kitchen they have it ready you can go in there and eat that whenever you want right uh we always have rice ready there's always some kind of food like chicken or chanko or curry or whatever because the young girls make dinner every night they make a lot yep. of it uh, so it's always something different. Like they'll make chonko, they'll make uh, pork, curry, chicken. Sometimes they make like weird fish that I don't know what it is, but it's delicious anyways. How long? Uh, the, when the, how long? Are the, how many young girls are there right now? That you can think of, that you know, two. Okay, there was so, started out with one, and now we got another one. Um, 
Do you have the ability, like if they asked you, is there somebody that you'd want to bring over? Do they do, do they ask that of you at any point in time? You know, when you leave here, is there somebody that you would want uh, to bring here? Is there have they ever have they approached you or asked you that at all? We've definitely had times where we've just been like shooting the shit with with my boss, and then she'll ask me like, "Oh, what about this girl? Or what about this girl? I saw her on Instagram. Like, how is she? Or like, who do you know that's good?" And I'm just you know I just throw names out there. Like, ultimately, it's not for me to decide, but I can definitely suggest somebody. And I've been here long enough and I've proven to, like, not be an idiot that if I were to say somebody and put my name on them, they'd know it's, like, not a shitty person. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I, uh, before I kind of close this chapter on the mental health part is I want to I want to say thank you for making that um, a part of your social media. I think it's important, especially um, for those little girls that are now nine and 10 that do have access to social media, that they find people like Masha Slamovich um, as a person to emulate if they want to be a pro wrestler in the world. Like this is, we're at that point. Like Masha Slamovich is a role model for nine and 10 year old little girls that are out there on how to do this. Like get your parents involved, make it a fucking sacrifice. You're, it's a sacrifice. Like at, when you're talking about being 14, 15, 16 years old, seven days a week, this is gymnastics, it's ballet, it's acting, it's music, it's everything that you could want um, a struggling artistic child to take advantage of. So don't hesitate to do the research, find a good school, find a good um, independent professional wrestling female athlete that's out there. And don't be afraid to send her a message because I guarantee you, Masha, if you got a message from a mom that says, hey, my daughter wants to wrestle, what would you say? You think you'd probably respond? I would respond and I would go as far as to have a personal conversation with her and help her to find a place for her daughter or her son or whoever. You know, if you are the parent that has a child who wants to be a wrestler and you have questions, comments, concerns, reach out to me. I will answer. I Call me. I will have a discussion with you because if you have a child who wants to do this as much as I do and it's not a joke and they're going to take it seriously – I will have that discussion with you and tell you the sacrifices that are going to need to be made and reassure you that this is necessary. And it's not just, they're just, you know, being ridiculous. I I will have that conversation with a child, with a parent. If you're a kid, reach out to me. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to your parents. I'm like, if you're serious about this, then I will help you. Whoever you are, reach out to me. And that's the type of person you are. And that's why I, I'm, I'm super excited to see, uh, you're 2021. What are the restrictions? Yeah. Well, yeah, all of it. Right. What, um, what, uh, what are the restrictions over there for shows? How are you guys running shows over there? Um, how is it working in Japan right now for you guys as far as shows and pro wrestling goes? Uh, so starting with June and July of 2020, we were able to like get back to doing live shows pretty much the restrictions are that they, we can't, unfortunately we can't do like the streamers, which like right. it sucks, but you know, whatever um, fans aren't allowed to vocally like scream or make any noise. So everybody just claps or stomps their feet. Uh, we have temperature checks at the door. Isn't that a, to correct me if I'm wrong, but is it in Japan where if you, if you whistle, that's no, that's in France somewhere. If you whistle, it's disrespectful, right? So you're not supposed to whistle. You have to yell. 
I don't think that's in Japan, but like we're not like people aren't allowed to like vocalize in the audience right now because of COVID. They don't want like the uh, germs spreading everywhere, so they just told everyone clap your feet, uh, clap your hands, and stomp your feet. And you know we we do social distance. It varies uh, from building to building, from show to show. Like people do it differently in different companies. Uh, but pretty much what everybody does is we have hand sanitizer everywhere. Temperature checks at the doors. Uh, fans aren't allowed to like touch wrestlers or anything like that physically. And when we take pictures, there's a clear sheet between us. So we'll just be on either side of the sheet and like take the picture and then you'll head off on your way. And nice. that's pretty much it. So we just try to be as careful as possible, but we still fill up the building pretty good. We still have like 100, 200 people depending on the venue. You know, if you're in New Japan, obviously you have more, but. Right. I think that's a lot of. Um, you mentioned New Japan. Chris Dickinson's heading over there in New Japan, and I think the that has a, a lot to do with it because we're not going to have that opportunity, I don't think, in 2021 over here for a while in the States, and I think that's why he chose to go over to Japan is so he can be in front of those crowds, and more and more of us are gravitating towards that because we miss. I miss the fan interaction, even if it is the stomping and the clapping. It's still loud. It's still fun. It's still interaction, and it's a new way to communicate. And it's how it's wrestling fans. We adapt. We, if we have to adapt, we will. American wrestling fans are assholes. We're just a bunch of spoiled bucks. So to hear that they you're able to do that, and there's actually people that respect you guys enough as um, athletes and performers to not scream and yell, but to clap and stomp their feet and enjoy it is pretty cool. We couldn't do that over here. That we we we'd mess it up somehow. I'm sure. Hell yeah! And we <laughs> have. We have apparently had people who, like, slightly messed it up, not, like, to an extreme extent. So the other day we filmed, like, a fun little PSA video where we all got, like, dressed up in the dojo and we would character play, like, the fan doing something wrong and then being like, stop, don't do it, you didn't. And I got beat over the head with a slipper while wearing a lucha mask to describe how to properly wear a mask. So we find a way to make things fun here. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, where do you, how long do you anticipate being over in Japan? And do you have any uh, goals, aspirations, and next steps here in the next year or two that, that you uh, I can talk about or want to set out there as far as uh, interview wise, what, what your goals are for 2021 and going into 2022? So clearly, this is going to be a surprise for you. But I'm coming back to America at the end of this month, <laughs> and I will be debuting for Mission Pro on February 6th at Wish Granted, Wishes Granted show in Texas. Thank you, Mel. So there's that. I will be back in the United States. I do have some stuff that's going to be coming up before and after that, which is to be announced shortly on all of my social media. I can't speak about it yet. Cool. Awesome. But I 100% plan as soon as I my paperwork crap gets done. This physical second is possible for me to get back to Japan. I'm packing my bags the same day I get my paperwork and I am leaving. Because awesome. I am not done here by a long shot. I have never been so happy in my life, not just wrestling here, but just living here. I've literally never actually felt a peace and happiness in my life the way I do right now here. And I want to continue living here. I want to continue wrestling here. I have so much more things that I want to do here 
you know, for me and for the Marvelous Company, we can work together and elevate each other. And that's my goals. I can't speak of specifics yet, but yes. 100%, that is where my eyes are set right now, is to be back in Japan and do bigger and better things. So when you're talking about Mission Pro, and that's Thunder Rose's promotion, correct? That's Thunder Rose's Mission Pro all-female uh, promotion, correct? Yes. Okay, cool. I, got, I took a chance on that one. Um did she reach out to you directly or was there somebody that works for mission pro that asked you to come over? Uh, I actually am currently sponsored by gorilla press, which you can okay. find on Twitter and Instagram. And that opportunity came through my sponsorship with gorilla press to work with mission pro. Awesome. Um, I'm going to have a, a question for you because this is um, as podcasters, and pro wrestlers, we have a symbiotic relationship. Like we, we grow and we promote and we do things off of each other, which wasn't a th- back when, like you talked about back in the two thousands, we were, we were podcasting or doing internet wrestling radio shows, which were shunned and banned and looked down upon and don't do that. You know, cause it was sometimes they gave out some, depending on you had it on your show. Do you, uh, do you really feel like, um, the marketing aspects, the business aspects, the psychology, all the education that, that you've gotten, do you feel like that puts you um, at a huge advantage for running your own business as far as being an independent pro wrestler? A hundred percent. You know, the knowledge that I have gained um, in all aspects, like I said, in and out of the ring, not just physically being able to wrestle, but all of the other things that you have to know as a business person, because at the end of the day, this is a business. And as an independent wrestler, you are your own business. You are your own business person and you have to act accordingly. So you have to know marketing, you have to know social media, you have to like a lot your time. If I wasn't able to do any of that, I'd be a lot less successful because, you know, being a physically good wrestler in the ring is one thing and I dedicated so many years of my life to just that to like having an aesthetic being able to wrestle and then lately I've actually turned my attention more to my social media presence and marketing because yeah as much as I hate being on social media and I'd much rather be in a ring these are things that I have to do and I have to get out of my comfort zone and do shit online to get my name out there and that is an important part of pro wrestling in 2021. I, I feel you. And the reason I asked that question and, and melded the podcast and pro wrestlers together, because I, I continue to try to put this over is if, if you are a podcast and you have the opportunity to sponsor a match at a mission pro and you can pay money to have your like podcast associated with that, like reach out to these independent pro wrestling promotions and say, Hey, how much would it cost for me to sponsor that match? And maybe get my look like, there's opportunities there for podcasts and wrestlers to get their name out there, but also for us as podcasters, which we do on a regular basis to support you guys. Uh, Ringside Rant does that with Limitless. Like they sponsored a lot of this Limitless Cup stuff. So I think it's really cool that we get a chance to interview you, that uh, the mutual respect continues to happen and that um, podcasts get serious about not putting themselves over, but making sure the talent is the focus and that we weed out the bullshit and the people that don't belong because this is a place that should be for um, fun. It's a place for us to uh, escape and 
whether it's mature or immature, that's really up to the promotion. But do your best to find the market and the niche. And you're 100% right. Like social media, we focused on that this last year as much as we possibly could because we were just a podcast. We, we didn't do Twitter. Like, fuck Twitter, man. That's that's where those that's where people go to hurt on each other, right? That's where you go and talk shit. But what they don't realize is the pro wrestling community on Twitter is so cool. Like, it's so tight. It doesn't matter um, the support and the love that continues to happen, especially like uh, Swerve City podcast was just like us. Uh, Swerve gets signed. He takes TZ with him. And next thing you know, their their shows on the network. So it, anything, it's not a podcast. It's not pro wrestling. If you guys have a, a dream and a desire, go fucking get it. Go get it like Masha did. Just go grab it and run for it. And when you see it, don't let it go. I just admire you so much for, for being that person like Anthony, like MJF, like all these cornerstones, because we know that um, when the rubber meets the road and the last person out of the locker room and the first person in are people like you. And we appreciate that. You know, like you said, if you have a dream, whatever it may be, go for it. You know, you don't want to be 45 saying, what if, you, it, it might as well just say, oh, it didn't happen, but I tried. But you have to put the effort in at least to just know that you tried because you never know you might be successful. You never know if you're going to be that one in a million. You know, and speaking about being one in a million, like you just said, with podcasts and wrestlers working together, what you just said about podcasts sponsoring matches or sponsoring people I personally think we need to have so much more of that in the United States because mm-hmm. as somebody who's been in Japan for quite some time, you know, we have sponsors here who they don't sponsor matches, but they sponsor you having a good time and they sponsor you having connections. I have sponsors, you know, who take me out for dinner here, take me out. Like I've had sponsors take me out like shopping for stuff that I need. I've had sponsors who, have connected people from different promotions. We'd all come hang out together and then we'd network and we'd make something great happen. We need a lot more of that in the United States because, you know, like you said on Twitter, uh, my sponsor, Gorilla Press, who got me onto Mission Pro, has reached out to me on Twitter. I had no idea who Gorilla Press was. I just saw that they DM'd me for a podcast. And naturally I was like, sure, let's do this. Let's, let's call and have our podcast you know, and after that, we continued talking. They said, hey, we would like to work with you. We want to not only sponsor, like, your matches or whatever it is. We want to sponsor you. We want to put our name and Masha Slamovich together. We want to help you elevate yourself and grow. And I told them I'm more than happy to work with them. I'm very thankful for the opportunity. Like I said, they've gotten me onto Mission Pro. And I have another set of gear in the works for later on. And I said, hey, if you want to help me fund my gear... I will put your like logo on my jacket the way that we do here in Japan. Like Sendai Girls has yep. suplex on their gear. They have Tokyo tires on their gear. I think that's something I would like to see more in pro wrestling is podcasts and companies working together. You know, sponsors help the wrestlers get a flight, get a hotel room, get a booking, sponsor a match that you want to see to give a wrestler an opportunity, help them, I don't know, get new gear, get new makeup, whatever they need in their life. And they will put themselves out there for you. They're going to promote you. 
I've said Gorilla Press like 50 times. I'll say it again. Go check out Gorilla Press on Twitter. Go check out Gorilla Press on Instagram. Check them out at Mission Pro. They're doing interviews. They have a YouTube channel. They're sponsoring me, and I am eternally grateful for everything that they've done for me already and that they continue to do. And I just want to see more of that from different podcasts to elevate more wrestlers in the coming years. I think it's vital, and I think it's important because the time that you take um, elevates us and elevates you, but there's a financial part of that. There's a, there's a transaction that happens um, when people listen to podcasts and a lot of the podcasts that, that do this, take advantage of that and they don't reciprocate that back to the talent. And I think that's bullshit. And I like to call those, I don't call those people out. I just know when people say, Hey, um, do you think I should do this interview? First thing I ask is like, okay, what do you get out of it? What are you getting out of it? Well, they have social media following of this many and I'm going to, so many people are going to then absolutely go do it because that's going to increase your followers. That's going to increase your bottom line. That's going to increase exposure. You can't buy that. That's something that money, money can't buy exposure unless you sponsor it and promote it and put it in people's feeds. But if you have a, a, a captured audience, if you have a niche, if you're on an app, if you're, this is the part for me when I talk about a talent is like, do the research. Don't just do an interview. Like find that podcast that makes sure that, the product that puts out that they're putting out is what you want to be associated with. Um, do it methodically. Don't, don't be that person that, Oh yeah, he does every podcast may limit it sometimes, but also know that when you, when you put yourself out there, you're, you're attaching yourself not only to that, to that podcast, but that person. So absolutely like the, the, the advertising is amazing. I think it's cool as shit. Um, and I, I want it to happen more. I want to see uh, podcast logos on pro wrestlers. I want to see pro wrestlers making that money like the NBA does with their logos now. There's there's no reason that shouldn't happen. The only reason that it does is because um, that barrier that exists between podcast pro wrestlers and the upper echelons has always been looked down upon. And I think it's a matter of people just coming together and saying, fuck, let's just do it. It's Let's make each other some money. It's not about that. It's about um, having a good time, uh, when people are in the area or if that person that you sponsor needs something, then you fucking get them something. It's no different than UFC. It's no different than any of that. That's why Dana White cut that out because there was people getting into the UFC didn't want in there, but this is independent. So take advantage, find a sponsor that you want, reach out to them and say, Hey, would you want to sponsor my match? If you're a worker, go fucking do it. If you're a talent, say, Hey, you know what? I'm getting ready to go out there. It's going to be big. There's going to be this many fans out there. I think your product or your logo would work good on here. What do you think? What's the worst that person is going to say if you ask for an interview or if you ask a sponsor? No, fuck it. Move on. It's the next thing you do, but don't stop. And I think I'm talking and I'm just going because I admire you and I admire you willing to fucking fail. And I think that's kind of where the last segment I want to go is, how many failures, like how many times did you have to fail to get to where you're at and understanding I'm the same, like I was an athlete. Uh, it was perfection or it was failure. And it took me a long time to get to a point to accept that failure was part of life and that the quicker I was able to fail at something and recover from it and move on, the more successful I could be. Have you, have you found that in what you're doing right now? Or are you, willing to make that failure and learn from that? Is that kind of something that you're accustomed to or, or am I talking foreign? A hundred percent. Like 
<laughs> what? Since the beginning of my career, I've had so many failures, man. I've had some matches that I would <laughs> burn if the footage got out there. I would set myself on fire for that footage to never get out there. You know, but at the same time, like I said, everything's a learning experience. Like, the only time you truly fail is if you walk away with, like, no nothing learned from that. Because, I mean, I've had shitty, ma- I've had shitty matches here on this tour. So, like, and I'm not, like, shitty to me. Because there's people out here telling me, no, it's fine. And I'm like, no, like, I expect perfection from myself. I expect a level that if I personally don't achieve, I'm not happy with it. I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch that match and I'm going to see what went wrong and what I don't want myself to do again. If it's working the camera, facials, speeding up, doing something more seamlessly, you know, failure leads to success. You can't have success without failure. I have failed while working out in the gym. I have failed in the ring. And at the end of the day, you, what is it like uh, try and try again and then you'll succeed. It's very true. Because you will very rarely do something and be like, oh, it happened perfectly the first time. Eventually it will be. But sometimes, even when you get to the very, very height of your career, you're still going to have failures. And that is something you have to learn to accept is to allow yourself to have that emotional response. If you have one, if you want to get upset, if you want to get angry, take yourself out of the situation afterwards. Go be by yourself for a moment have your experience that you want to have emotionally and then turn on your thinking cap, turn on your logical thinking and think, okay, what's my next step from here? What am I going to learn? What am I going to fix so that I don't have to experience this again? That's really what it is. When you fail, you just learn from it just like that. How much does a dynamite kid and his uh, influence on you and the, Heart Dungeon and that philosophy play into what you just spoke about? It Everything, really, because that old school mentality is something that makes me who I am. It's something that I, you know, again, being from Johnny Rods and from, like, reading and studying, like, the Heart Dungeon and, and reading the books of, like, Dynamite Kid and Bret Hart, that it makes me who I am to be one of the people who still holds that mentality and that brutality and logically not just in the ring but just that mindset means everything to me and I wish that I could impose that on everybody <laughs> because I am a firm believer in that school of teaching that way of teaching and that way of thinking in 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 2006 I did an interview and I it was like a, this was like deja vu for me but we did it over Skype and we didn't have the video. I'm, I'm asking you these questions. And when I mentioned the heart dungeon, cause I interviewed Natty Neidhart and this is so surreal. It's like, I'm sitting here interviewing her and looking back at her. I mean, the, just the hair, the, everything that you play out to be the difference for me is, is I have a all respect. I have a difficult time watching Natty. I don't have a difficult time watching you. Um, because of the investment she's an amazing athlete she's an amazing she will always be what she is but you're your how do i say this up being fuck i'm even disrespectful your the your outlook on life the way um you are able to adapt and are willing to fail is exactly why you're going to fucking succeed in everything that you do in life and why you have and that's a testament to uh, who your parents were i'm sure um, the way you were raised and um, your love for this 
sport, I guess we call professional wrestling or sports entertainment. And I'm, I'm super humbled to be able to um, listen to an old soul, uh, tell some stories, um, answer some questions from some guys that have been doing this for a very long time. And thank you for Guerrilla Press for sponsoring Masha and, and doing what needs to happen in a lot of these arenas is allowing somebody to chase their dream. It comes back. It's karma. It, I guarantee it's already come back to those guys a million fold. And it's, like you said, relationships that need to happen. And I, I hope that um, 2020 and the shift and everything that everybody has gone through this year shifts us more to that type of uh, social engagement where we can um, not shit on other people, but really celebrate them and lift them up. Uh, you know, most podcasts would say, oh, you can't. I want, I want every podcast to come on here. I want every athlete that's ever sponsored by any anybody to come on here and talk about how valuable that has been to their success to not have to worry about where the next plane flight's going to come from. Am I going to get home? Can I get a meal? Uh, that's real. It's fucking real. Because a lot of times when you're over there, there's not Chonko. There's not a dojo where you can go eat and you're stuck. So huge props to Gorilla Press for, for sponsoring you and being um, the dudes that they are and women that they are uh, mission pro for bringing you back over here uh, for a small length of time until you go take Pat back and, and do some, I'm sure some unfinished business uh, before you leave um, that you're going to have to take care of. And we're really looking forward to what you got coming up and what you can't talk about. Um but we've hung out for an hour. I've sucked you up. It's almost what, like a, a almost eleven thirty there. It's got to be right. Yeah, it's it's eleven thirty six right now. Yeah. <laughs> um. So much uh, appreciate and respect. Do me a favor if you can, just get um the ads and the socials for Masha. Can you get those out for us again? So if people want to find you or want to reach out to you, have any questions, they can reach out to you. Most certainly, uh, y'all can find me at Instagram dot com forward slash Masha Slamovich if anybody is still not using the app. I don't know why I say it like the full website. <laughs> but it's at Masha Slamovich. <laughs> and on Twitter it's also at Masha Slamovich. And of course for all of the cool merch, the little wrestling lessons, the video calls, the photo shoots, all of that good stuff, can find me uh Patreon at Masha Slamovich. Cool. Hey, uh, JW Mafia, thanks for, for downloading. Thanks for listening. And Masha, thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me here tonight.